This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever. Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love. Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to Amazon.com backslash Purina. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Of A Kind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at ofakind.com. And while you're there, grab a copy of our book, Work Wife. It's chock full of conversations with amazing female partners. And leave us a voicemail, 833-OF-A-KIND. You did, that's the best you've ever done it. Thank you very much. Wow. I've been practicing. Thank you. Um, okay, so we have an important bit of... I, devastating news is that the appropriate adjective mm-hmm. devastating mm-hmm. yeah i think a lot of our listeners will have already figured it out on their own pretzel perfection mm-hmm. greatest airline snack of at least the last of my life of our era of our modern era like really the only thing that i would say even comes close and it's not technically a snack but like the plastic wings that you get handed out as That's a kid. not a snack. It's not even close to technically. But it's to like te- a freebie. Technically, yeah, it's, I, you don't eat that. It's a snack. Yeah, don't eat that. It's a snack of um, a different sort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it has. It is no longer being served on Delta flights. Now, and here's the thing. We thought maybe that was just the flights we were on. Yeah, we thought they'd like a couple, temporary, temporary. Um, shortage. Yeah, shortage. Like the Oatly shortage. Exactly. Similar. Yeah. But no, no. It's, it's been replaced by Cheez-Its, which is the true slap in the face, because it's like pretzel perfection came in the wake of Cheez-Its of people saying, listen, I like a cheese cracker, but I'm ready for something different. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem forward thinking to replace something as progressive as pretzel perfection with a Cheez-It, which is, you know, a fine snack, but a classic. It's a, it's a throwback. That's right. And listen, I would say we're here to do a couple of things. We're here to let people know we're here to complain. Yeah. Oh, it, gripe, I think. <laughs> But we're also here with a bit of a pitch, if you will, yeah. an assignment yeah. for the journalists um, in our audience. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that we secreted or even inspired the New York Times article that celebrated pretzel perfection being on Delta flights. But yeah, there was a whole snack story, but but pretzel perfection was front and center as it should have been. Yes. 
So if that happened, I think what what is appropriate as a next step is understanding why, after getting such positive press in the paper of record, Delta went back on so this. So here's what I think. Working I, I headline, think there's a story there. Working headline, the rise and fall of pretzel perfection. <laughs> yes. Take off and li- lift off and <laughs> lift off and landing something there. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think you'd have to include crash, which is, I just don't want to, yeah. I don't want to say crash as it relates to pretzel no. perfection. It's too upsetting. Yeah. It's too upsetting but because was, I don't think pretzel did, perfection did anything wrong. So listen, they did a docu-series yeah. on pretzel perfection. They did. They on got the fr- airline. <laughs> on the airline. Was it a series? I think no, it was a it small, it was a one installment, seven minute commercial. It was a, it was a little documentary <laughs> yeah. on pretzel perfection. Yeah. They got really positive press, more positive press than any airline has gotten in a while for For anything, for anything, let alone a snack. And then they just up and abruptly ended the snack program. And I or they didn't end the snack program. They ruined the snack. program. And for anybody thinking maybe it is just a shortage or maybe like maybe you guys are over. You're over. You know, you're overdoing it. We someone on our team is friends with someone who is a flight attendant for Delta. Mm hmm. And confirmed during a team meeting via text that Pretzel Perfection, in fact, is not part of the Delta program anymore. It's so it's not just our flights. It's not just we. It was a highly essential team meeting because she was texting her during the meeting, and so we were all like, "Okay, and what? And what's the story?" And, and she's like, "I'm not wait, getting that." Wait, and she and the answer was just, "I don't know." They just stopped it. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, like it really, the flight attendant did not care nearly as much as we all did. <sighs> it was depressing. The, the most upsetting thing for me was when I found out when they were like, do you want a kind bar or Cheez-Its? I thought the person was using Cheez-Its as like a catch-all term for cheese crackers. And that I, so I was like, I'll have the Cheez-Its thinking I was you getting You thought pretzel. you were getting, you thought that that was just. I thought it was like cl- asking me if I wanted Kleenex and then they were going to hand me like a brand tissue. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah, I understand. And then it was like, oh no, you actually meant Cheez-Its. You and that's just not can't. what I wanted. Yeah. Um, the, and the answer, the thing is like also, you know, I know that, I know that being gluten-free, I shouldn't have the opportunity to have all of the same snacks as everyone else. <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Um, but I did I did feel included when Pretzel Perfection yeah, was around. Yeah, you felt seen. And now I have to have Kind Bars, which when anybody's ever like, would you, w- would you like this or a Kind Bar? My answer is always like, no, I don't want a Kind no. Bar. But I don't have any other options exactly. anymore because I can't have the cookies. I can't have the Cheez-It. So I have to have the Kind Bar. And it's definite. I, and like also, if you're going to give me a Kind Bar, please do not put chocolate chips in it. <laughs> But, you know, if, if that's you're a story do that, for another day. Hand out kudos, you know? Yeah. It, thank you. There is a classic <laughs> granola Should product. Should we be actually running the snack program for all airlines? I think absolutely. Is that our new job? I think absolutely. Just designing I, custom snack programs for airlines. Yeah. I think that's an interesting career trajectory. <laughs> Anyway, speaking of, should we bring Remember our when guests? you were like, this will be a quick intro because there's not that much to say about pretzel perfection. Well, let's, ma'am, you were wrong. Let's bring on our guest. <laughs> So thank you so much to Care Of for sponsoring this week's episode of A Few Things. Um, so I wanted to take a minute and share that I have become a bit of a smoothie late adopter. I feel like everybody's been way into smoothies, you know, since like the Vitamix took the world by storm. But I only came to this over the last year or so. And I've I've become very reliant on my morning routine on the Be Well by Kelly blueberry muffin smoothie. Look it up. Very good. Very easy. And it's made me realize the difference between protein powders, which I think I just never had a true sense of before. But the consistency and the flavor and like 
what crap is or is not in them um, is very is is very key, um, which has made me very excited that Care-of has launched their own protein powder. Well, actually, they've launched two of them. There is a whey one made of whey from free-range grass-fed cows, you know, the kinds of cows you want to be getting your protein from, or a vegan plant protein made from organic peas, hemp seeds, and pumpkin seeds. Um, I've been way into the the vegan plant-based protein powders because, I don't know, I feel like that that just like has been working for me. They come in vanilla, they come in chocolate, all the things. You get the gist. They both have 18 grams of protein and 4 grams of sugar, so you can feel really great about them. And they come in individual packets, so you can stash them in your bag or your purse or what have you to have when you're on the run or traveling or whatever. We're way into these guys. For 25% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code a few things. For 25% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code a few things. So we are back with Mickey Rapkin, who is a writer and editor whose work you have definitely read. He wrote his first book just over 10 years ago. It's called Pitch Perfect. Maybe you've heard of it. It was turned into a mega hit series of movies for Universal. Um, and he has a new project out right now, a children's book, his first children's book called It's Not a Bed, It's a Time Machine. Um, hi, Mickey. Hey. Hi, Mickey. We're so excited to talk to you. The author I'm of Cam's so current happy. favorite book. Oh my gosh. I'm saying current because I don't, you know, I don't want to assume that this will always be his favorite book, but I assume for a long time it will yeah. be. Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. I, I love so. that. Yeah. Um, okay. So because we have to talk about this, because obviously our audience is like, wait, pitch perfect, tell me everything. <laughs> Your first book is this wonderful book, Pitch Perfect, which is a nonfiction book about college acapella and is now a movie with three installments that people have probably seen like seven times each. A marriage was formed and fell apart already. Yeah. A marriage was formed and fell apart already. Pitch Perfect, right? <laughs> Two of the actors got married and divorced already. Oh my gosh. It's basically a new classic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how did like how did this come about and how did you feel about seeing this project hit the screen in that way? I mean, it's probably the wildest thing that will ever happen to me. Um, <laughs> it came about because I sang in one of those groups yeah. uh, when I was in college. And, you Were know, you an alto, years, bass, soprano, what? I was a baritone. Baritone. Which is sort of alto like and soprano were like women's. Like, like everyone okay, is yeah. basically a baritone. Okay, okay. okay. Anyway, flash forward 10 years, I'm working at GQ, and I met this book agent. He's like, I think your writing is good. You should, have you ever thought about writing a book? What would it be? And I was like, the only thing I want to write a book about is college acapella singing group. <laughs> that's it. Never, and and like, nothing else. That's ever. only idea. He was like, that's horrible. What else do you have? <laughs> and I was like, no, I swear. It's like this weird world. And they go on tour and they record these albums and they have screaming fans. And we had these crazy parties when I was in college and we had groupies. And anyway, to his credit, he was like, okay, if this is a really the only thing that you want to write about, <laughs> let's do a proposal. And I mean, believe me, I was shocked. Uh, <laughs> we sold the book. I was like, this is amazing. And I went, I was still working at GQ, and I would, on the weekend, sort of go on the road with these groups that I was writing about for the for a whole school You were year. embedded. And yeah. Yeah, embedded. Whole, <laughs> embedded with that. And they have crazy like, they have crazy names, these groups also. 
like the troublemakers type of stuff. Wait, can we, I know that this is not about your acapella career, but I just have two questions and then I'll stop. One, what was the, there's nothing I like talking about more than my own college acapella career. What I was, like walk around. I'm like, wait, did anyone want to talk about acapella? Please. What was the name of your group and what were some of your solos? Yeah. Great. 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 Paint <sighs> a picture. Question. Paint a picture. Um, okay. So it, we were called Cayuga's Waiters. I was at Cornell. We were the oldest all male acapella group. Liz is in oh. the, in our, Liz is our editor. She went to Cornell. She has her hand. She's doing the home alone, like hands on the cheeks, mouth wide open. Situation <laughs> right now. She's so excited. She's starstruck. She didn't care about you before, but now that she knows you were a Cayuga's waiter, she is freaking the fuck we, out. That is hilarious. We had, but Cornell had like a huge acapella scene. There was like, <laughs> I think there was like more than 20 groups. Wow. And you were so, in the oldest male group. And we were the oldest all male acapella Which group. Which feels like a real and, thing. Yeah. Oh, that was. Was it, it was the most like, prestigious? Yeah. I feel like prestige is a weird <laughs> word. We were more, I feel like musically we were definitely not the best. Like okay. not even close. But I like to think we had like. An energy about us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah, you, you, like <laughs> the kind of thing where like, you're character. in the campus bookstore and like you hear like a whisper over your ear and there's like two freshman girls like losing their minds. <laughs> really? Now like it probably doesn't happen at all because they're probably like on their phones and they're like, who cares? Wow. But okay. at the time, like pre-cell phone, like that was an exciting thing in the day to like run into someone from an acapella group. No way. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and Wild. your solos. Yes. Solos. I was not a star, but <laughs> I did sing um, Counting Crows Hanging Around. Wow. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Familiar. <laughs> and I did, and we sang this Crosby, Sills and Nash song, Southern Cross, and that was like a big song that like every year they would re-audition someone. Okay. So the group had been singing it forever, so that was kind of a big deal that I sang that. Oh my gosh, I really, I want to, you're making me jazz to listen to some acapella yeah, right truly, now. Truly. My in-laws go to acapella concerts. Like they live in the suburbs of Minneapolis and they will go into Minneapolis and to, like make a date night of going to acapella concerts. No, a, a couple of years ago, I went to a show. I was like, this is going to sound way more like glamorous than it is. It was like <laughs> on the Cape, but I like, not, I'm not like a summer on the Cape person. <laughs> anyway, I happened to be there and I went to hear this acapella group sing. And I was definitely in the back, like, fighting back tears because it was so, <laughs> so moving. It was like, there was something so sincere about the yeah. whole thing. And there's also something and so I, sincere like, about you, you crying in the last row. Yeah. <laughs> you just like never see sincerity in life. And yeah, it was true. like, this, there was something so, I, I was just like holding back tears. <laughs> My God, I love this. Um, what's the one, what's the acapella group that's like, that made some, that has like some amount of fame right now from television? Pentatonix. Uh-huh. That's the one. Why are they famous? No, it's 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 they're a massive success. It's wild. I think that's the one that my in-laws go see. How did they get so successful? I think YouTube. I think it was like an Ellen. If I remember correctly, oh, they definitely this all went adds on up. Ellen, Ellen and YouTube, and like a Beyonce medley, or it, it was like okay. one of those things that like went viral, and then they followed up with like ten other viral things. Okay. Okay. So to go back to your story, you're embedded. <laughs> yeah, so I'm embedded. You're an embedded journalist, them, yeah. And I get this phone call, and they're like, my book agent is like, Elizabeth Banks wants to have lunch with you <laughs> to talk about acapella groups. She, like, got a hold of the book proposal. I was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to have that lunch. <laughs> I go to the lunch. We talk about it. She's like, send me everything you have. 
she went to, she and her husband went to University of Pennsylvania, which also has a huge acapella scene. She's like, I love this. We want to make it, bring it on for acapella groups. I was like, this, yes, this sounds amazing. I leave the lunch. I'm like, I'm never going to see this woman again in my life. Yeah. Because this is like what happens, whatever. You, yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. When like things get optioned or when things, story. yeah, like, yeah, totally. That's what every meeting is like. Yeah. But I was totally wrong, and she would follow up by email, and she'd be like, when, how is the writing going? Can't wait to see it, can't wait to see it. Like an amazing superhuman uh, gal. Mm-hmm. And she brought in a screenwriter, Kay Cannon, who's amazing, who was writing on 30 Rock at the time, and they took it out and sold it to Universal like the day it came out in stores. Holy cow. So since then, you've written other books. You wrote Theater Geek, which is awesome and about about theater camps. And it takes, it, you know, it does yeah. the deep dive in that same sort of like very embedded, serious way. I loved both of them. Um, and now you have your first kids book. What made you want to write a kids crazy. book? I wrote a children's book. You wrote a children's book. Um, you also, you don't have children and you wrote a children's book, which I feel like is interesting. Um, and what made you want to write it? What made you like take this path? I just had a weird idea. I yeah. like had, it, it's called, it's not a bed, it's a time machine. Which is a really good it, idea. Basically, it, I think it's cute. This is basically, <laughs> it was like, I feel like when you're like a 40 year old gay guy, you're like constantly reading bedtime stories to other people's kids. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. And yep. you're like, I, I listen, I feel like parents are exhausted. Yeah. Like mm. I get it. It looks so exhausting. <laughs> um, and so you're like trying to be, I don't know, like a good fake uncle and you're like doing voices and just trying to make bedtime fun. Yeah. And then also I like have this thing where I'm like, I don't understand why bedtime should be scary. Yeah. Like yeah. bedtime is amazing. Like as soon as you fall asleep, it's morning and you get to have breakfast. You're, I'm like, this is <laughs> what's not to like, like bedtime. Right. Bedtime should be amazing. And but that anyway, is... so I had this idea. Also, I was like, you close your eyes, you're a kid, and you're like, you close your eyes, and suddenly it's nine hours later. Like, what happened in that time? Yeah, where'd you uh, go? What happened? I just thought it was like a really fun world and a little adventure story. So I just wrote it one day. I, I mean, I wrote it. It's like, whatever. The original draft was a thousand words, which <laughs> we sent it around. People were like, Absolutely what, not. A thousand words. They're like, this needs to be like, cut it in half, then cut it in half again. When Erica was teeing up the questions for this book, I was really hoping you were going to ask him how it was different from writing his, his adult book. Like, how, how does the process differ? Exactly? <laughs> no, I, I was like learned so much. Writing a children's book is so hard because I, I had this amazing editor and she was like, listen, this is how she's like, the words should not work without the pictures. Uh-huh, the pictures uh-huh. should not work without the words. That's interesting. She's like, that's, and I was like, oh, that's genius. I get this now. And, but the economy of storytelling, like mm-hmm. it needs to be so tight. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. They need to like learn something and go on a whole adventure in like 250 words. Can, there's nothing so superfluous sense, there like at all. Fun, yeah. It was like a fun challenge. Thank you to Harper Wild for sponsoring today's episode. So I, I was like going bra shopping recently and I had was going from a workout class mm-hmm. and 
not a sweaty, gross workout class even, yeah. but just like going into the fitting room, dealing with taking off a sports oh bra and like trying on. It was just like one of those like treacherous, torturous experiences where you're like, why am I here? Like, yeah. what is happening? Why? No. Why did I make this decision? You why abso- did not think it through? You absolutely had another choice, and that was to go online. That is 100% <laughs> right. And to buy bras from Harper Wild, and they make it very easy on you because you get to pick three different bras. You different sizes, di- different colors, yep. different cuts, all Whatever the you want. They cover shipping both ways. You ship back the ones you don't want. They're very comfortable. You won't be dying to take off your bra right when you get home, which is obviously the first thing that most, most Earrings and bras. Do. That's yep. right. Earrings and bras. They have three different shades of nude. They were made with the women wearing them in mind, and their bras provide support and won't show through your shirt. Each bra is priced lower than the average competitor and easy to buy in a bundle, so you can overhaul your entire bra collection without overspending. If you want to hear what we're talking about and try it for yourself, it's time to give Harper Wild a try. Go to harperwild.com slash a few things and use promo code a few things to get 15% off your first purchase. That's harperwild, W-I-L-D-E.com slash a few things. Promo code a few things for 15% off your first purchase. Harperwild.com slash a few things. So, and the, the hook of the book, which you kind of explained, but I do think is really smart, is that it's not a bed, it's a time machine. Like, think about it. You wake up, it's night, or you, you go to bed, you close your eyes, and then you open them, and all of a sudden it's morning. Like, it's a time machine. It did transport you in time, because like, like you said, what happened in there? And obviously in the in the book, there something does happen. They go to the land of dinosaurs. It's all very wonderful and charming. But I was kind of obsessed with this very simple idea that I do actually think could help a lot of kids get over their fear of bedtime. Yeah, like I want it to be like this is going to be the first in a in a series. Hopefully, mm-hmm. um, we have we, the next one is like we're doing the artwork now. Like it's going to come out next summer. But it's like a whole series of books that get kids excited about things that they're typically afraid of but shouldn't be. Right, um, I love it because you could like I just think I like to approach. Listen, being a kid is scary. Being yeah. an adult is scary, but. If you approach certain things with an attitude of it can be an adventure, I think life is a lot more fun. Agreed. Um, what was it like working with an illustrator? Well, I like flash forward five years and I have a kid and I'm like, I am a <laughs> lunatic. This is so hard and scary. I didn't know anything. I don't want any like, adventures. No happen. adventures. <laughs> um, what was it like working with an illustrator and how did you forge that relationship? It was a dream. The publisher found this woman, Teresa Martinez, who lives in Mexico, who they sent me a link to her work. They're like, this is who we're thinking about. She had all these um, illustrations she'd done of kids, like on adventures, basically. I was like, this woman is amazing. We would be so lucky if she could do it. And she liked the book and she agreed to do it. And I had like written, and when you write the text for a book like this, it's like you do it kind of by the page. And you're like, oh, on the left page, like this little piece of storytelling needs to be somewhere in the illustration, okay. like that sort of thing. But anyway, they sent it to her and I got, I don't know how many months went by, but I got, they sent me like the rough sketches. They were like, we would never send, we never send artwork this early, but we love it so much. We wanted to share it with you hmm. for feedback. And I was like blown away. I could not believe it. The pictures were so vibrant and there's like, there's one really beautiful picture in there that I love. There's like a, basically the kid goes back and he was, once he finds out his bed is a time machine, his stuffed bunny is like, where do you want to go? And he's like, this is like so many spoilers, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler, spoiler alert. He goes back in time to see dinosaurs because where else would like a four-year-old want to go to 
if he had a time machine. But anyway, this, this picture I love, the kid like makes a dinosaur friend and they play games together. And one of the things they do is play connect the dots with stars in the sky. And she drew this amazing picture of this kid like on the shoulders of the dinosaur from the back and they're both looking up at the stars and I like literally almost cried. I was like, this is so beautiful and like way better than I could have even imagined it. I just, she like totally got it, the tone of it and the wonder of it. It's amazing. So, I, and it's just, but it's also weird to like work on something and never actually face to face and meet somebody. Yeah. 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 Well, and also to collaborate with somebody. 2019. I didn't, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that the text would be completely done and then the pictures would happen in sort of a separate uh, part of the process completely. Yes. So, like, I have no idea how it works for anybody else. That's how it worked for me. How long did it take you to write the text? Well, I had a million versions of it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny. It's like, it's literally like, I think it's two hundred. the finished copy is like 250 words or something. Mm -hmm. But I spent like, I don't know, I would get a draft back and my, literally my editor would be like, cut this in half. (laughs) And then I'd be like, there's no way I could cut this in half. And then I would cut it in half and I'd be like, oh, that's a thousand times better. And then she'd be like, "Mm, it's not quite there. This bit of storytelling doesn't work. And, but it so I worked on it for, I don't know, like months, I guess, a few months. Do you want this one to become a movie? My like dream is that this becomes Jumanji. Amazing. Like, yes. Yeah, like, yes. How is this like as like this? It's a yeah. I just feel like a kid. Like I don't know. I'm, I like had this idea that his like parents were going through a divorce and he's you know feeling scared and ends up going on like an adventure with his mom and his like a sibling. I love and this. I don't know. I feel like yeah, it would be a dream to be a movie. Were there other children's books that left an impression on you when you were a kid that sort of helped shape how you thought about this one? It's so funny because I've been, I need to go back and read them again. I've been thinking a lot about it. And I remember like, I was obsessed with this book, Blueberries for Sal. Yes. When I was a kid, like, I don't know. I need to go back and basically read these books and be like, were they offensive? Like, No, it's not. It's Robert McCloskey. I'm pretty sure. I'm like, obviously. I I, used to pick blueberries as a kid and I was like, imagine that I would sell. Yeah. Um, But I, I was also very, very briefly an assistant kindergarten teacher for six months. Stop. And I, I like that it was an books. assistant kindergarten <laughs> and very briefly. No, I was like, it was like right out of college and I got this job. I had like, whatever. I kind of wanted to run away and had no idea what I was going to do. And I got this job as an assistant, uh, kindergarten teacher, which basically meant like, I don't know, like photocopying things and reading books to kids and like being a general weirdo. Like I I felt like, like a sideshow Bob, like I was like a clown in class. Um, but anyway, I read a lot of books to the kids. Um, and my parents were teachers. I don't know. I feel like I always had like kids books around. I love that. Um, so this, you know, you always have so many different projects in the works, um, and at different sort of stages of completion. How do you manage, all of those things and, and, and like the uncertainty that comes with, you know, what is going to happen with this book proposal and what's going to happen with that. Yes. The uncertainty, um, is crippling. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer I, is you manage it poorly is what you, <laughs> I feel like the only, I, I, I feel like I, I do have a million things in the works at different times because I'm a lunatic and have like suffer from extreme anxiety. So I find it best when I'm, distracted yeah, 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 by yeah. things. So I'm like, while I 
wait to hear about this thing. Let me try to work on something else so I'm not thinking about that thing and not staring at my phone wondering. When am I going to I was going to say when it rings, like nobody rings. Like nobody <laughs> call, but um, yeah, so that's why I like to stay busy. Um, what else are you working on or what else do you want to work on in the future? Well, I, you know, I moved to LA, I don't know, five or six years ago to, you know, to try to write more screenplays, that sort of thing. So I've been working on that. I've just, um, I'm working on this movie, you know, the chain smokers. Yeah. Yeah. So I sold a movie with the chain smokers based on one of their songs. Huh. That's fascinating. yeah, I was like, I felt like, whatever. I, I was like, have I been living in Hollywood too long? Where I'm like, IP, everyone wants IP. <laughs> um, but anyway, I had met these guys and I don't know. So you I, wrote I, the movie songs, already? Yes, I you wrote, wrote the, the movie. So now we're like yeah. waiting on feedback. Listen, by the time this comes out, I probably will have gotten fired from this job. But, <laughs> um, but I really love the project and I really love the song and I love what we developed. Are we allowed know, to know which song that. it was? It is? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, they have a song called Paris. Okay. I'm going to look it up after this. It, I feel like you're going to look it up and be like, oh, I heard this 10,000 times. Probably. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. wherever people hear songs. That's... I was like, the mall? The people go to the mall? <laughs> the grocery store. That's where I hear music. At an immersive um, shopping experience. Yeah. Exactly. At a pop-up. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, I don't know. I'm working on that. I'm working on the sequel for the children's book. I'm working on, and then like random magazine articles that come up. Um, I try to stay busy. I feel like the two of you were the first people I knew sort of from the magazine world that quit their full-time jobs to take a chance on themselves and their idea. And I like never forgot that like I could not when I first I was like oh my god who leaves like a stable job in the magazines to start their own business and I thought it was amazing like I was like oh my god maybe one day like I'll be brave enough to do that oh please that is <laughs> no, very <I'm> nice it's <laughs> very I'm very nice. I still remember like when we were like seeing that bunny bag yeah and, I was, like, <laughs> and they were like oh I, I got it on of a kind and I, I just thought it was amazing like you guys really took a chance oh, and it paid Mickey. off Thanks, oh, Mickey. That's really that's really so nice. Um, everybody, no, I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> everybody should buy all of Mickey's books. That's right. Um, start with "It's Not a Bed, It's a Time Machine," but then work your way back through Theater Geek, Pitch Perfect, Google him. There's just so much. Also, good he's doing some readings around the yeah. country. So if you've got a kid who, or you know, an adult who wants to go to a children's reading, look it up. Look up his tour so you can go go see yes, him in person. Please do. It's not a bed, it's a time machine.com. Yeah. Hashtag boss of bedtime. Yes. Hashtag boss of bedtime. Yes. Good work, Claire Mazer. Thank wow. you. That's the yes, show. Thank you. <laughs> That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. And hey, leave us a review. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music is Butterfield East, is performed and written by the Soulful Saints. 